the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 26th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on July 26, 1775, the Continental Congress established a post office. They appointed, you know who they appointed, I think many of you would, Benjamin Franklin. He became the first postmaster general. Today, in 1788, New York uh, York, uh, State became the 11th state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Today, in 1908, U.S. Attorney General Charles Bonaparte, he ordered creation of a force of special agents that would become the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Today, in 1920, the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified, had to do with women voting rights. Today, in 1945, the Potsdam Declaration warned Imperial Japan to unconditionally surrender or face, quote, prompt and utter destruction. Today, in 1953, excuse me, today, in 1953, Fidel Castro began his revolt against Batista. Didn't go too well today in 1953. He attacked an army uh, barracks Castro did in Eastern Europe. He did not succeed at that, but he would later in 1959, he would oust Batista and take control of Cuba and all but destroy it socially and culturally over the years. Communism and socialism always destroys. It never builds. It always destroys. Today, in 1990, President George H.W. Bush, he signed the Americans with Disabilities Act. Today, in 2016, Hillary Clinton became the first woman to be nominated for president by a major political party. And today, in 2017, President Donald Trump announced on Twitter that he would not, quote, accept or allow transgender people to serve in the U.S. military. After a legal battle on that issue, the Defense Department approved a new policy requiring most individuals to serve in their birth gender. One year ago today, authorities declared a riot in Portland, Oregon, after protests breached a fence, protesters breached a fence surrounding the city's federal courthouse. National news, it would continue for over 100 days, the year of riots in Portland and elsewhere around the nation. Got this note along with a contribution from a lady in Chelan, Washington. Psalm 71:14. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. That's a great formula for living for God and walking in his presence and his blessing. I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. I love that. 
Dear Gary, I listen to your show each day. It's a highlight. It is light and truth in darkness. Thank you. That's what we try to do, is simply tell the truth to the best of our ability. Turn on the light. Boy, there's a lot of darkness around out there, isn't there? We talk about that here because we have to. That's the culture we live in. But I always try to keep it in the perspective of God's light, God's truth, God's love, and the fact that God is in control all the time, always. God does not sleep. He does not slumber. And he is in control. Thank you for your support. We wouldn't be here without it. it I know that goes unsaid, but it's true. And we certainly, I certainly personally am very, very sensitive to that. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for standing with us financially and prayerfully. It is not the easiest road that we take, the path that we take on this program, but I think it's necessary. And more importantly than that, I really believe in my heart that God has called me to do this at this point in my life. So we do it with the abilities we have to the best of those abilities and give it to the Lord. And we pray each day that he'll use it in the hearts of people to help you to better understand what's going on in the culture. Thank you so much for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. And speaking of Portland, Oregon, We've been on in Portland several months now, and um, I need to hear from a few more of you with our budget. And I know you're listening. So we need to, we need each individual marketplace, city, station has its own budget. And we need to hear from some more of you in Portland. We need your help to help us pay the bill in Portland. Uh, there are others that are giving extra, and they are helping to pay the bill in Portland from their wherever they listen to the program. So we need you to step up if you believe in what we're doing. If you don't, then don't worry about it. Just forget about it, in fact. But if you believe what we're doing has value, we need you to help financially and and prayerfully, always. Thank you so much. Thank you in advance. The United States is not going in a particularly good direction right now, and I think more and more people are becoming aware of that. The United States... (laughs) The United States, Andrew, or Dr. Anthony Fauci said yesterday on CNN, is in an unnecessary predicament. He said, we have soaring COVID-19 cases fueled by unvaccinated Americans and the virulent Delta variant, the nation's top infectious disease expert says, according to Associated Press this morning, They're talking about yesterday. He was on CNN. He said, we're going, Dr. Fauci said, we're going in the wrong direction. And he described himself. He said, I am very, very frustrated. And he emphasized it as though he was very, very frustrated. He probably is. But he said, we're going in the wrong direction. He said, recommending that the vaccinated uh, wear masks is under very active consideration. We're going to have to go back to some of the restrictions. We're setting ourselves up for a cataclysmic confrontation between those who want to submit to a government that is 
driven by a left-wing ideology and those who love freedom and liberty. I see that path, and that's the path that we're on now because of the leftist administration in Washington, D.C. He said wearing masks, everybody, or the unvaccinated, wearing masks is under active consideration. He said booster shots are under active consideration. And he's suggesting that people with suppressed immune systems be forced. They must be vaccinated. About half the population is vaccinated in America. About 163 million. That's about 49%. I think about 49% of the of the nation. This is being talked about now. There's this whole idea of being on the wrong path, headed in the wrong direction, America, is being discussed. Even on the left, even the, the Democrats, the progressives, so-called progressives, are talking about it. It reminds me so much of the time uh, when J- uh, Jimmy Carter was president of the United States way back in the 70s. I was a very, very, very young man in those days. But I was paying attention to politics. I didn't feel called or are kind of interested in running for a political office. Well, I've always been. If I would not have been called to the ministry, I could very well have, you know, pursued that. I've always had an interest in politics because I I knew that it both shaped and reflected the culture. And so in the ministry, it always, it never informed me, but it always gave me a perspective on what was happening in the culture. When I was a youth pastor and then when I became a, a real pastor, a senior pastor. So I always paid attention and tried to stay informed on what was going on in our culture politically because I thought it was important to know. But I never believed that politics should inform the church. And it seems that we may be crossing that threshold as well. Como TV News uh, 2 in Seattle this morning is reporting that President Joe Biden as he completes his sixth month in office, optimism about the direction of our country has plummeted nearly 20 points. That, according to an ABC News poll, um, that Como is an is a ABC affiliate. They're talking about that this morning. According to the story posted in abcnews.com, they say, I didn't see that story at ABC, but I saw the, the Como one. Uh, they say a majority, 55% of the public, said they are pessimistic about the direction of the country, a marked change from the roughly one-third or 36% that said the same in ABC News poll published May 2nd. In the early May survey, Americans were more optimistic than pessimistic by a 28% uh, margin. Looking ahead to the next 12 months, fewer than half, 45% now report feeling optimistic about the way things are going, a significant drop, from about two-thirds, 64% in the May poll. People are aware. I mean, they there's just a sense. Even people that aren't terribly informed have a sense that things aren't right in America. And they're not. Because America is is focused, completely focused, on gender identity and, and, and identifying groups of people, making tribes out of people who are who have this kind of sex and that kind of sex. I mean, it's crazy stuff. No culture can survive this. But I am optimistic because I believe that God is in control and I believe that God is going to lead his people to come together and make some changes 
culturally, politically in our country. I don't think it's over for the U.S. yet. I mean, I think we're being conditioned, according to Scripture, for the end times to receive or to just accept some of the things that are predicted in Bible prophecy that are going to happen in the end times. I think we are living in the end times personally. This very well could be those times which are spoken of in the Bible. So there's a conditioning going on, but I don't see God. I mean, there's people out there saying God has written off America. I don't think so. I don't want to think that, but I, I would be honest, I think, with myself and you if I did, but I don't. I really don't. But there are certainly, there are certainly things going on in our culture today are, that are not leading this country to a bright future. But that can be changed. It can be. One thing that has surfaced is a conversation coming out of, of all places, Mississippi. Mississippi doesn't lead the nation in a lot of things. It's beautiful. Uh, just the, you know, the coast, you know, and all that kind of thing. But, I mean, it isn't known as a country that's, or a state that's leading the country. But lawyers from Mississippi have asked the Supreme Court now last week to overturn Roe v. Wade, basically, and give state legislators in their state and across the nation the authority to outlaw all abortions. This is very, very important because the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case. That's a big deal. In fact, it's so big that the left, the media, for the most part, is catching their breath. Could it be that in the chaos of this leftist pro-abortion administration at Joe Biden that a victory for life could occur? Maybe. I mean, we may be looking at that. We'll see. God is in control. But lawyers for Mississippi asked the Supreme Court last Thursday to overturn Roe v. Wade and give state legislators the authority to outlaw all abortions. More and more states are doing that, about 18, 19 states now. can't remember the exact number, but it's close to 20 are taking these kinds of steps. In May, the justices agreed to hear the state's appeal of the lower court's invalidation. Lower court said no to Mississippi, and they have to some other states as well, to a law that, state law, that would forbid abortions after 15 weeks. In their brief filed with the court last week, the state's lawmakers raised the stakes and they're arguing that the right to abortion set in 1973 should be repealed entirely. And it is a terrible piece of legislation. I mean, all of scholars, whether they're left or right, they agree it's awful legislation, that it was just jammed through and people didn't really understand all that was going on at the time. They said that Roe v. Wade was egregiously wrong as a matter of constitutional law, then it's proved to be hopelessly unworkable in practice. They point out, in fact, more than a dozen conservative states like Mississippi want to outlaw almost all abortions. One of the leaders of this has been the state attorney general, Mississippi State, Attorney General Lynn Fitch. She asked, under the Constitution, may a state prohibit elective abortions before viability? That's the question before the court. That's a tough one for the court, but they're not, they don't seem to be ducky. They seem to be, at this point at least, they seem to be proceeding. They said, yeah, we'll hear this case. When asked that question, 
the attorney general of Mississippi, this Lynn Fitch, she said yes. Why? Because nothing in the constitutional text, structure, history, or tradition supports the right to an abortion. And they're, they're right. There, there isn't. In her fairly far-reaching argument, the Los Angeles Times has picked up on this, and they're saying that the argument appears to be tailored to reflect last year's change at the high court. The state argues that the workable approach to accommodating the competing interests is to return the matter to legislators, not judges. I'm quoting from the Los Angeles Times. Abortion policy is as suited to legislative judgment as it is unsuited to judicial refereeing. The task will be hard for legislators and the people too, but the Constitution leaves the task of debate and compromise to them. Well, there are now five conservatives appointed by Republicans, Republican presidents, who believe that Roe v. Wade was wrong, and they're sitting on the Supreme Court. So here we are. This is what the left was fighting about when Trump was president, putting these people on the court. They're constitutionalists, they're originalists, and yes, they are pro-life. The abortion activists were shocked, and they were panicked. Pro-life people are expressing great gratitude. We have learned not to rejoice in pop corks or whatever, but we have learned to be restrained because Satan never stops working in the darkness. But this looks like it could have some promise. Nancy Northup, she's president of Center for Reproductive Rights. You know what that means. That's you know, one more organization that raises money and promotes abortion. Reproductive rights always comes down to getting an abortion, and we'd sure like for the taxpayers to pay for it. But anyway, she's among the shocked and panicked. She told the press, and a number of stories were out there yesterday, she said, alarm bells are ringing loudly. <laughs> she added, the consequences of a row reversal <clears throat> would be devastating. She told the Los Angeles Times, they wrote a couple of stories on this yesterday. She said, Mississippi was stunningly asking the Supreme Court to overthrow Roe and every other abortion rights decision in the past five decades. Today's brief reveals the extreme and regressive strategy. She's talking about the Mississippi brief that they filed, and it was accepted. Not just of this law, but of the avalanche of abortion bans and restrictions that are being passed across the country. In other words, she said, we're losing. Alarm bells are sounding, and I'm concerned, and we've got to rise to this, and so on. They understand this is not going their direction. She continued this... Uh, this reproductive rights lady, Nancy Northrup, she said, if Roe fails, half the states in the country are poised to ban abortion entirely. Well, praise the Lord. She continued, she said, women of childbearing age in the United States have never known a world in which they, they don't have this basic right. It's not a basic right. Killing unwanted born babies has never been a basic right in, until you go back in history to the most heathenistic cultures that ever existed, some of which are outlined very carefully in the Old Testament. People that worship the, the false god Baal and people that worship Molech, yeah, they were killing their unwanted 
children. They would wait till they were born and then kill them. But, I mean, they were doing that. But civilized nations have not done that, and there is no basic right to kill an unwanted child, unborn child. But anyway, they keep coming up with this. So they, she said, she said they've never in their lifetime had this not lived under this basic right. She said, we will keep fighting to make sure they never will. And of course, she will. National Right to Life Committee, they welcome the action, of course. Carol Tobias, who's head of National Right to Life, she said, we thank Attorney General Fitch for standing strong for the right to life and for the right of duly elected state legislators to protect the most vulnerable among us. But could Roe v. Wade really be defeated? I think maybe it could. I I, I just, I, I would have thought maybe it would happen under a, the presidency of a Ronald Reagan or a Donald Trump or, you know, a Ted Cruz or a, I mean, Ben Carson or uh, Ron DeSantis, someone like that. But maybe under the most far left, most incompetent president, maybe in history, but certainly in recent history, maybe it could happen under that kind of a regime, in that kind of an environment. I mean, God knows. But in the past, the justices have said that states may not prohibit abortions before the time a fetus is viable and capable of living on its own. And they have said, science has said, that that occurs at about the 23rd week of pregnancy, according to science. The court upheld the Mississippi law by ruling that a 15-week cutoff is reasonable without going further to overturn the abortion or the so-called right to abortion. State attorney generals for 18 states have urged the court to hear Mississippi's appeal and signaled they too are ready, 18 states on the record, to enforce new time limits on legal abortions. Last year, and I talked about this, uh, that, this on this program, Chief Justice John Roberts surprised most of us pro-life conservatives. He joined with the court's four leftists um, to strike down a Louisiana law that would have closed abortion clinics if their doctors did not have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital. The whole, the thought there was that there are so many botched abortions. I mean, they're covered up relentlessly, but there's good people out there paying attention to this and spending their time and their effort and so on watching it. And they report honestly. And so that's the only way we know about these botched abortions, but they happen all the time in these in these places and they're never ever reported the media is very complicit in that they they don't you know they just don't mention it unless it's brought to the public by pro-life conservatives generally christians but the court's four consecutive uh, conservatives justice thomas samuel alito neil gorsuch and brett kavanaugh they dissented on this and everybody thought john roberts was going to go with them but he didn't however since then Thanks to President Trump, Amy Coney Barrett is on the court now. And she probably is everything we hope and pray she is, everything that the left was afraid she would be. She is constitutionally committed. She is pro-life personally. And she hasn't been quiet about it. She and her husband have given more than a few speeches about the sanctity of life. So... Here we are. The Supreme Court will probably hear this case next fall, and they'll 
they'll rule on it by next spring. So this isn't going to happen overnight, but I'm just telling you that's in process. That's happening as we speak. So keep in mind that Mississippi is not asking that Roe v. Wade be overturned. They're basically asking that the matter be referred back to the state. If they went right at it, they have decided, and, and maybe rightly so, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the mix. But they have decided that to go right at it and ask the Supreme Court to strike down Roe v. Wade may not be the best approach. They have decided, Mississippi and other states, 18 now, have joined in that sentiment, that if they, if they take this step, to refer it to the state, that gives really conservatives and pro-life people a better shot in their state. I know it's tough if you live in Washington or Oregon, for, for sure. I mean, the, the political climate is dark, and, it, and it's leftist. I mean, the majority. And the majority lives in Seattle and Portland. I mean, let's face it. The rest of the state is affected, in each case, by the people in the city. I mean, that's an issue. But in, in most cases, it gives conservatives a much better position. And I think that would be true in, in Washington and Oregon as well. But it gives us a better position to work more locally on this issue of abortion, which the effect of that would be to bring down Roe v. Wade. I mean, that would be the outcome of this state by state by state. Well, I personally hope, obviously, and pray that Roe v. Wade is overturned because I'm pro-life. I deeply believe that killing unwanted, unborn babies is murder. I, I just do. I, I, I know and as a pastor, I've counseled women who have had an abortion. They've then become a Christian and they live with the guilt. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, on so many fronts, abortion is horrible. The obvious is that it it, it takes the life of a child. I mean, we are... God knows us when we are formed in our mother's womb. I mean, it's very plain. If you have any sense of belief in the Bible, it's very plain. God regards the unborn child as a person. God has plans for that person. That person will live out their life, hopefully according to God's plan for their life. And and all of that, I mean, it, it is so it is so anti human and anti-life and certainly anti-God to be exterminating babies because it's not convenient while we pet our puppies. I mean, anyway, I'm almost out of time, so I'm not going to go down that path any further, but that's how I feel. But secondly, Roe should be overturned because it's fatally flawed. It's a, it, it, it isn't constitutional. It's a very, very, very bad piece of legislation. So pray about this when you remember and you're thinking big nationally and about the country. Remember this issue in prayer because it's moving forward. The court is set. I'm pretty sure that Biden and those guys are going to try to pack the court. I don't think they could do that before this issue becomes resolved. But it's in the Lord's hands. But I wanted you to be informed. I wanted you to know what's going on. And as we need to or should from time to time over the next coming days, weeks, and months, I'll mention it. We'll talk about it. But in the meantime, remember in prayer, this is going on behind the scenes. It won't get a lot of press because the press, too, are panicked. 
But as I said, God is in control. So we'll pray, we'll watch, we'll see what happens, and we may be given the opportunity to act. I'll see you tomorrow.